Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Garage Guys NASCAR podcast. I'm your host, Dale Tanhart. The Garage Guy himself, Garage Guy Chase, is out dealing with a deceased gallbladder. If you did not see, check out his Instagram, check out his Twitter at Garage Guy Chase. He had his gallbladder removed. I am not a gallbladder expert, but I heard it hurts like a motherfucker. And uh, after talking to him, that that is true. Very true that it does hurt like a motherfucker. Time time for a cigarette, Chase. So he's not here. Just me. It was an off week. I hope everybody enjoyed the off week. Honestly, kind of refreshing to not have NASCAR one time out of the year. Got to celebrate Father's Day. I hope everybody had a great Father's Day with their dad or their son or their daughter. If you're a dad out there, I hope you had an awesome day. Um, I know that it was an interesting weekend with Formula One and IndyCar. We did miss NASCAR. Some people were were pretty bored, you know, and, and this is a, a a lame time for sports right now, too. So when you don't have NASCAR, uh, you don't have football. The NBA just ended. You got Major League Baseball. They only play, you know, 73 million games a year. So that doesn't get stale. College baseball, I guess, is at a cool time with the CWS. Um, but it's, you know, it's whatever. I feel like I, I'm not super interested, especially because my Golden Eagles, my Mississippi State Bulldogs, I'm almost Rebels, all did not make it to make it a Mississippi three-peat. So we have declared, and when I when I say we, I mean me, I have declared that college baseball is not a sport anymore. It was a sport when Mississippi won the titles two years in a row, but now it falls under the category of every other, all baseball leagues, not a sport, confirmed. But it is a weird time, so it is. it did feel weird not having NASCAR this weekend, but you did have racing. You still had ARCA, had a great finish uh, between William Salowich. I, I can't think of how to say his last name, but he moved Jesse Love out of the way to win that. You had Cars Tour, which was an awesome finish too. And then you had Netflix and IndyCar. Netflix was Netflix. It was god-awful. I mean, just... Ooh, uh, it was really, really tough to watch. Genuinely tough to watch. You know, one thing I forgot. I forgot about the alternate broadcast that they did with Will Arnett and Daniel Ricardo. I feel like I haven't seen any chatter about it, which is shocking as much as I'm on Twitter. Uh, let me know what, if you got to see it, like what you thought about it. I've heard no one talk about it. Like, was it entertaining? Was it a joke? I've, I've heard nothing. And I like both of those guys, Will Arnett and Daniel Ricardo. So, very interested in how that went. But the race itself was abysmal. Red Bull wins again. Typical Netflix in 2023. Red Bulls won every single race. Verstappen's won six of eight. It is what it is. I hope that you won money on bets. And that's about it. I don't know who did. I, I think some guys won some big money in qualifying, which is really cool. Because I, I think it was Hulkenberg qualified top five or top six. And, and then you had Alex Albon, who won like the second round of qualifying, which is awesome. And I think some guys won money off of that too, but proud of those people. F1 Money Gang is a Discord that supposedly does really well in the betting side of things. Way more active in Formula One betting than the Garage Guys Discord is. So recommend you check them out on Twitter and you find a link there. But I know a few of those guys in that Discord that are in our Discord as well. And it seems like they're giving out winners and, you know, 
50 to 1, 100 to 1 winners every now and then, which is extremely hard to do. IndyCar was a good race. It was challenging. Road America had just went to this repave, which you would think in most situations would mean more grip. Didn't really work that way. There, these guys were sliding around. Uh, they were you. They were bodying each other. It was a full contact race, which you typically don't see in open wheel racing. There was a lot of passing, but Alex Pelot did. He's starting to stink up the show in the IndyCar series. I will say, it was a Colton Herta choke job, not his fault. Strategy killed him, and he ended up finishing fifth. My bets went sour. I had New Garden that finished second, and I had. Erickson top five max play of the day finish P six. So that was tough, but I did enjoy the IndyCar race uh, much better than the Netflix race. And now we're here. Uh, we have betting odds out for the ally 400 Nashville super speedway. I will be there this weekend. I don't know which all races I'm going to um, any chance to get to go to Nashville to hang out with, a lot of my friends, I take it, and it's always a fun time. Both years have been really, really fun going up there uh, since NASCAR. The Cup Series has been back at Nashville, and it's been a triple header both years as well. So this race was actually very entertaining, like super, super entertaining in 2022. You had a lot of rain. It got pushed back. It got delayed, but it was exciting, and there's a lot more I want to dig into here to give some good, what I think are, are some good betting leans heading into the Ally 400 this weekend as we have odds on Barcelona and Caesars. But I do have to say I'm mourning the loss of not Chase's gallbladder, but the loss in Monday night racing. Don't know if you guys, I think it's kind of a mixed bag on who's involved in the iRacing community. But I had like my first pro race of the year, Monday night racing, racing against Corey Heim, Jesse Love, a couple, a bunch of really good eye racers. And I finished fucking second. I lost the lead coming to the checkered flag. It was heartbreaker. Really taking it hard. I had that motherfucker won. And uh, James uh, Bickford passed me. He's like a big eSport. Uh, I think he's a pro. Passed me coming to the line. It was Shades of Harvick, Mark Martin, Daytona 500, 2007. And of course, he was actually in the 29 car too. So that just, you know. Very appropriate. Um, I just want to let everybody know I'm super sad about that, and I want you to feel bad for me. I don't have Chase here to kind of give me some words of encouragement or make light of the situation. It's just me, and I'm sad, and I wanted to win, and we didn't. And I tweeted out, you know, for everybody that, that may have bet on me at 100 to 1 odds, I'm sorry. Hopefully you got the 12 to 1 top 5, the 30 to 1 top 3. Uh, those would have been really good payouts. Plus 350 top 10. Those were probably available somewhere. You know, they doubted us. They really doubted Dale Tanhart. And I showed up and got a runner-up finish, which is cool. It is a point series. It's a, or a, it's a points championship, the Monday Night Racing Summer Super Speedway Series League. So we got a good start. We're second in points. That's pretty cool. Against a lot of pro guys. Love that. I had to bring that up and be selfish because I'm upset. I'm sad. I need people to comfort me because I had that motherfucker won. But anyway, um, like I said, 
I hope everybody had a great Father's Day weekend. I'm trying to see what I may have missed here in my notes. We talked a little IndyCar, Netflix, um, ARCA. I know that there were some people in the Discord that were actually betting on that ARCA race and were upset that Jesse Love gave it away on the final final lap or whatever. But really, I mean, just a very it's a nice, refreshing weekend to be able to sit back and chill. And NASCAR is such a long season. It is such a long season. You don't get any off breaks. You, you don't get any off weeks anymore. It's it's crazy what these teams and what these drivers go through 38 weeks out of the year. And it was kind of nice to get that off week, not just for the industry, but for us as well as fans, I think, because I think it's easy to get overload in this sport. Very easy to get some overload with how common it is. Like I talked about, you know, I make fun of baseball. Because in Major League Baseball, you know, they play 86 trillion games in six months. To me, it gets pretty stale, but I'll come back and watch the World Series, right? NASCAR doesn't have that glamour at the end of the year, right? They're trying with the playoffs and, and the making the championship a winner-take-all kind of deal. Still just don't have that glamour to come back to. So it, it can get stale real quick, and you can kind of lose that energy. But on the on the bright side of things and honestly kind of a negative too is we're switching from fox to nbc and i i've preached and talked and and really dug into this in any chance i've had to talk about it it's a great thing that we're moving to nbc right i think that is a good way to bring the energy back at this point of the season the nbc broadcast has been night and day better than what fox has done on the production side we know this i love mike joy mike joy is one of the most important influences in my entire life like one of the most consistent human beings in my life because i've been watching nascar as an infant and he has been calling every race for the first five months of the year since i've had a cognitive memory mike joy means the world to me everybody loses a little bit when they get up there in age uh, but i still think mike joy is doing a good job and he's got some good years left clint boyer I love Clint Boyer, but I just feel like there there's something missing this year. The energy has not been there. Uh, it seems like they're totally out of sync with what the production crew is doing. I don't understand why how we can go backwards in production. I don't get it. I don't understand it. It it, it hurts. It almost makes me want to just say it's enough. I've had enough of Fox. Let's get ESPN to take over half this year because we know damn well ESPN would bring hella good production to the sport of NASCAR. And that's something we need right now. Hella good production also translates to good energy, right? Watch a Formula One broadcast. It is so enticing, even when the racing is literally paint drying. The, the racing is so brutal, but the broadcasts color it so well. I think ESPN could do something really well for NASCAR too. And then you get the chance of bringing Alan Bestwick back, who's doing SRX for ESPN. So we say goodbye to Fox. I know. I think we talked about this in the recap last week. We're moving to NBC, whatever. There's pros and cons to this, but the main thing is looking forward here, and NBC brings the energy. Like You can say whatever about, about Rick Allen and, and Jeff Burton, who aren't my two favorite guys in the booth, but they bring energy, right? They bring energy and excitement to fans and are more enticing to new fans because they're at least excited about what's happening. The Fox booth has done such a bad job being excited or at least pretending to be excited about something happening on track, like delegitimizing 
the excitement level of something, the importance level of something that's been happening on track, like big moments. NBC won't do that. Dale Jr. is great in the booth. Steve Letart. I can't. I, I love Steve Letart. Some people disagree with me, but I think Steve Letart is easily the best color commentator in motorsports right now. And it's not even close in my mind. So I'm really excited for that. Um, I'm not sure if I'll be able to watch the broadcast because I'll be there, but I'm excited for everybody that will get to because you're going to get that energy back. And we're, we're pumped up for that. But that's just me venting. Um, because I am doing this by myself, I'm going to bitch and I'm going to complain. I'm going to let you know what I'm thinking and what I'm upset about and what I'm excited about. And, you know, it's it's a big mixed bag. I'm like a bipolar motherfucker, but the end goal here is to look forward to what we're going to see this weekend with the switch over to NBC, refresh off the off weekend. And that's what's going to lead me into talking bets. I've had this week to create a, a big content piece I'm going to put out on YouTube. I'm going to have an article on dailydownforce.com, uh, YouTube, Garage Guys NASCAR podcast, by the way. I'm going to give out betting tips based off of my mistakes. Where You see a lot of videos that are like tip related that talk about advice based off of successes. I think in life, some of the best takeaways, some of the best advice you can give is based off of your mistakes, based off of your losses, based off of your failures. And this year so far, primarily because of cup qualifying bets, has been a betting failure to me considering what I've been able to accomplish and the money I've been able to rake in the last three years in NASCAR betting. Overwhelmingly positive every year. This year, we're in the red. And I want to give out some advice to whether you are an avid current NASCAR better or a beginner, someone who wants to get into it. You know, I have a lot of crossover from people on TikTok or Instagram who just like, they like the reels and the entertaining content that I do. They like the the making fun of Netflix subscribers, aka elitist Formula One fans. And there's some crossover because they see the betting stuff and they're like, how do I get involved? How do I get involved? I feel like I haven't done a good enough job of responding and giving out valid information that can be helpful. So I put together a piece that I think is going to go out on Wednesday. Um, you can see the article version, and you can see the article versions on dailydownforce.com, video version on YouTube, Garage Guys NASCAR podcast. I can't wait for it to drop because I actually think it's very helpful. And as I said, I think some of the best teachings you can provide are based off of your mistakes. And I have made a lot of mistakes this year in NASCAR betting. And if I could give a couple takeaways... Uh, I guess a sneak peek into what you'll see Wednesday if you're interested in watching that before Dale Center is number one, I have totally been fooled by the sucker bets. And I think we kind of briefly covered this in the podcast last week. But cup qual qualifying bets, there is just no rhyme or reason, man. There is no rhyme or reason. It's almost like a lightning bet. It's like a first touchdown bet. It's like a first basket bet where there's not enough data and trends to really help you maintain a steady profit if you're betting every single event. Because you're relying on one lap. One lap is deciding everything. It's deciding hundreds of dollars you have down, right? And there's a high reward there, but to hit to to actually claim that reward is based off of actual data, based off of trends, is very difficult from what I've learned. Greg Mathern probably the best NASCAR better in the industry right now. The garage guys, NASCAR Titan himself has said it best. Polls are for strippers, not for betting. I have finally succumbed 
to that realization and, and will not be betting qualifying anymore unless it's a super speedway. I think there is data to be able to cap a super speedway when it comes to qualifying. I do. Anything else, though, is just so random. It's so random. I've had a lot of guys qualify second. It's been super frustrating. And if I hadn't bet on a single cup qualifying event this year, I'd be positive slightly over 22 units on cup series betting. So this week has been great to realize where I've really fucked up at. And that's the main one. That's the main one. That is the ultimate sucker bet in all of NASCAR betting. And it's so fun until you lose 600 times in a row. Then it's not so fun anymore. So that's one big hint right there. That's one big tip right there I would give to anybody is don't be enticed. Don't look at Nashville and be like, oh, well, Denny Hamlin won the poll here last year. Put the fucking 401k on Denny Hamlin. It's not, I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but it's not enough. It's not enough data. It's not enough trend-worthy uh, information to give you an accurate basis on Denny Hamlin winning the poll just because he won it last year. It just has not been going that way. Um, but I could go on and on about my mistakes. Xfinity is continuously the hardest thing to maintain a profit on since 2022. Since 2021, Xfinity's always been the hardest for me. Um, and I, I think the majority of our community resonates there because we have guys that take different bets. Like most of you guys listening to this pod don't tell every single bet I do. You don't tell every single bet that Greg does or that Chase does. You kind of want your own intuition. And that's another tip. You know, use the advice, use data that experts like us give out, but use your own intuition on certain things. I never want to ever try to convince anybody from going with their gut because I know what that's like when you go against your gut. Um, my gut originally told me to bet on Alex Blow this weekend, but I didn't like five to one. I was like, eh, he wrecked in practice, wasn't feeling it, didn't pull the trigger, and get there you go. I immediately was thinking whenever he passed Colton Herta, that was one of my gut plays was Alex Blow. I can never get on the right side of that guy in the IndyCar series. And I saw somebody in our Discord say the exact same thing. And I feel that. Absolutely feel that. I've been there hundreds of times, it seems like. But all in all, it's been good to learn from my mistakes. And I think my betting cards are going to be so much better for the rest of the year. Now that I've actually looked at my losses, you know, really, really paid attention. I've had the spreadsheet going, but I hadn't broken down the spreadsheet as much as I have over the past six days. So it has been nice. I'll tell you one thing, and this is going to be a theme this weekend, I think. Stage bets have been lights out. I think I said this on the pod last week. I know we're repeating it, but keep an eye on stage bets this weekend. I'm eyeing, excuse me, I'm eyeing Blaney. I'm eyeing Logano. Not as much Logano, but Pinsky, you know how Pinsky is. Pinsky is the stage chaser team. They chase stages better than anybody. But I like Blaney, and I like Truex, and I like Denny Hamlin. And yes, I am looking at last year's race. I've already gone back and watched it. Toyota was really, really good here. And Hendrick wasn't great, but Chase Elliott went on to win. His car came to life in the nighttime. And this race really wasn't supposed to go into a nighttime race. But we had rain. We had lightning. It pushed it back hours and hours and hours. We restarted, you know, a just short of the halfway point, I think, in the nighttime. The conditions were totally different, and there were some comers and goers because of that. 
I think Joe Gibbs Racing is going to come back here with some heat like they did in 2022. They were really bad here in 2021, but in the Gen 7, Kyle Busch, when he was still with Joe Gibbs, Denny Hamlin and Truex were so good here. Denny Hamlin had continuous pit road problems, still was able to make his way back to the front. Martin Truex was really good. Ryan Blaney was really good early, faded. When the conditions changed, faded. And after chaos happened at the very end with a late race restart, a bunch of guys pit, bonehead call of the year, Kyle Busch, Truex, pitting from like second and third. They finished 21st and 22nd. And I bet on both of them, by the way. Um, but after all the chaos, Blaney came back and finished third. And Chase Elliott really was the guy. He was really the only guy that had anything for the Gibbs guys late in that race. But collectively, Hendrick did not come here and unload great. Alex Bowman crashed. William Byron had issues. Kyle Larson didn't have the speed that he had in 2021. And Chase Elliott was definitely the best out of the crowd, uh, best out of the Hendrick fleet, running top 10, hanging around the top five. And as I said, when the conditions changed, when we got back to green under cooler, late night conditions, Elliott was the one guy that had something for Gibbs, or not Gibbs, but Joe Gibbs Racing as a whole. So it's interesting. I definitely recommend going back and watching that race because it was interesting how everything, how all the cards played out. Uh, but when you look, if you really use the eye test, Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex, and Kyle Busch, were the three guys to beat for the majority of that race. So with that being considered, uh, Joe Gibbs is, is red hot right now. We talked about this. I talked about this before the season started. One of my predictions is that Toyota was going to be really fucking good this year because they were brutal out of the gate last year when the Gen 7 unloaded. And they were finding speed, just not getting the finishes. Well... We're getting the finishes now. We got Denny with a win. We got Truex with two wins. Uh, three, if you want to include the clash. Christopher Bell's got a win. Uh, Bubba Wallace really should have won Talladega. And Tyler Reddick's got a win at Coda. So Toyota's been much better this year, and I think they're going to unload better than everybody. Um, so when you look at these odds, I know we saw some uh, Westgate or Superbook, whatever those fucking Vegas books are that dropped early. But I'm looking at Barstool and Caesars. Of course, once again, you know, there's this phenomenon with the books obsessing over Kyle Larson. Five to one, five and a half to one. It's just not worth it at this point. It's not worth it, especially when you consider, as I said, Hendrick did not unload great here in 2022. They were fantastic in 2021, particularly with Larson and Byron. Uh, totally different car, totally different race. I think I'm not saying to throw it out the window. But it's just a totally different race between the Gen 6 and the Gen 7. I would not lean heavily on the dominance that Kyle Larson had in 2021. Just wouldn't do it. Because in 2021, Toyota unloaded just full junk here. Hamlin and Truex finished like 20th and 21st. I mean, we're just absolute trash. And then they came out here ne or last year in 2022 and virtually dominated the whole race. So I like Denny Hamlin at 7-1. to one. I think you got to consider Denny because he was so good here last year. Um, you actually can get plus 750 on at Caesar Sportsbook. We've also seen Denny be really good in qualifying this year, uh, better than last year. Uh, he's, he's already got a couple polls, two totally different tracks that I would not have expected, uh, Talladega and, 
and uh, last week at Sonoma. And he may have another poll. He did win Kansas. I don't remember if he started from the poll there. I don't think so. But the qualifying effort has been really solid from Denny Hamlin. So I think this is a guy, if there's one guy you want to lock down before practice, before qualifying, I'd go Denny Hamlin, seven and a half to one over on Caesar Sportsbook, because I think there's a good chance he could he could qualify up front on the pole, really strong practice averages, and he, you could see his odds diminish. We've seen this happen with Denny, where at Kansas, probably opened, opened at eight to one, nine to one, after practice and qualifying, he was faster than everybody in lap averages and long run speed. He closes at like four to one, four and a half to one, maybe five to one. I think there's a good chance of something like that happening here again. And I think Denny's going to be tough to beat on Sunday. Um, I'm going to wait on Martin Truex just because I have faith that they won't qualify as well as someone like Denny Hamlin, someone like William Byron, Ross Chastain, Ryan Blaney. I'm going to kind of gamble. Because I don't want to put too many eggs. I don't, I just don't want to get. I don't, I don't want to put too much money down before we get into some track time. I think that's been another problem of mine is betting too much before we get track time. I think that's been a kryptonite as well. It's Nashville's a tricky racetrack because kind of like St. Louis a couple weeks ago, you just don't have super accurate comparison racetracks. It has characteristics of a short track and it's got characteristics of a mile and a half. So. And then you throw in that it's the other concrete track, Dover. Some people use Dover. Uh, Chase Elliott won Dover, and then he came back and won Nashville. Is there a lot of correlation? I'm really not sure. Really not sure. That's a good Greg Mathern question if you're in our Discord, because he really he, he's got a big uh, he's got a big bookmark on that kind of stuff. I kind of have to dig around more and put my own data together to kind of figure that out. And what I've put together so far, I don't think there's a lot of I don't think there's a crazy amount of correlation here between Dover and Nashville. With that being said, I do think two guys that were good at Dover, Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex, will be good here. But I think it's more of a Toyota deal. Toyota has unloaded so much better at a variety of different racetracks in 2023 compared to what they did in 2022. Hendrick Motorsports did not unload super great here last year. Joe Gibbs Racing did. I give them the, the edge here, and I think there's some value in looking at Denny Hamlin. I think I'm going to wait on Truex. I think there's a chance to get better. But with those two guys I'm eyeing, I mentioned them earlier. I really like Ryan Blaney. You know, I don't know if this is a an accurate data point, but I really like to think about the Coke 600. You know, I, I mentioned there's some mile-and-a-half characteristics here at Nashville Super Speedway. Like I said, Blaney was really good here last year. Blaney had speed to contend. Uh, he even spun out, wrecked, still came back and finished third. Absolutely, he needed some help. But I really think about the Coke 600, a race that, that started in the daytime, finished at nighttime. Ryan Blaney's car got better and better and better. This is a, one of the few races we'll have that's similar to that, where we're going to start in the evening time when it's not under the lights just yet and then we're going to we're going to quickly get into a nighttime race for some reason that just sticks out to me it could be a big fucking nothing burger but i kind of like that they went through similar uh track characteristics and were the the guys to beat 
And now we're kind of doing a similar thing here at Nashville. It's a quicker transition, but it's still going to be a transition into the nighttime. And you look at 2022, Blaney was fast. So I think Ryan Blaney has value. And it's another guy that typically qualifies really well on this type of racetrack, on these mile and a half. And, and Blaney's kind of qualified well everywhere, or at least has the potential to qualify well everywhere. So I think looking at him at 11 to 1, 12 to 1 is a good line to grab. And not even, I hadn't even mentioned the fact that Ford clearly found something at Charlotte, right? We have been roasting the Fords for not being able to perform on the mile and a halfs. And they came to Charlotte and were a substantially better program than what they'd been in anywhere else this year. And Ryan Blaney was the class of the field that night. Don't be surprised if Ryan Blaney comes out here and leads a lot of laps and contends for the victory. And that brings me to a point, mentioned it earlier, I'm going to reiterate it one more time. One of the few really good things I've done this year is stage bets, which you know I don't think are that difficult to nail. Um, because we have a lot of these tracks where it's difficult to pass. Nashville, I think it'll be harder to pass than it was last year because we've got the cars and the drivers more adjusted to uh, just to this race car. The teams and the drivers, I meant to say, are more adjusted to this race car than they were in 2022. A lot of the kinks are out of this. So it's been more predictable to kind of say whoever qualifies up front and up in the top five, up in the top 10, particularly in the top three, is probably going to walk away with a stage win. We've also had the benefit of the doubt of rain coming through. Excuse me. Rain coming through, giving us competition cautions, which essentially splits the first stage in half. So you know you're going to get that pit stop. You know everybody's going to be able to make it to the end without having to pit again after that comp caution, therefore you get less RNG, you get less randomness because the guys that are leading, they come down pit road, as long as they stabilize after a four-tire stop in fuel, they're going to keep their track position unless they just have a, a, a disastrous pit stop, a.k.a. Uh, kind of what Denny Hamlin's pit crew's done a lot this year. But So we've been, we've been kind of handed a few of those. Because of those circumstances, there is rain in the area this weekend for Nashville. So if qualifying gets canceled, definitely, definitely consider stage bets. And I still think even without that, even without rain being a potential factor, got to consider stage bets here. Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex ran away with stage one. I think Truex won stage two here last year. Let me check that real quick. Truex won stage one and stage two. Denny Hamlin was second in stage one and stage two. Truex qualified 10th, marched his way through the field. Denny Hamlin qualified on the pole. Ryan Blaney started sixth, finished third in stage one. Christopher Bell started ninth, finished fourth in stage one. So the writing's on the wall again. Kevin Harvick, I'll go again, started eighth, finished fifth in stage one. Guys that start in the top 10, unless there's some kind of crazy strategy play, which here I doubt we see, guys that start in the top 10 typically finish up front in these stages, or particularly stage one. Stage one is the difference maker a lot of a lot of weeks for me. Nailing a stage one bet at six to one, seven to one, eight to one can make or break your day. So I think once again, a track 
we're heading to. It's going to be harder to pass. Night conditions make it even more difficult to pass uh, than they would be in daytime conditions. So I think that stage one bets is a really good opportunity this weekend to get ahead of the game and even stage two as well, because I think that we'll see dominant guys up front early and often. And I'll give you three guys, the same three guys I talked about that I'm thinking about betting outright. Hamlin, Truex, Blaney. I think one of these guys will win a stage this weekend. And I think that's a great bet to consider all three of these guys for stage one and stage two. Now, of course, you're not going to get those lines until post-qualifying. You're not going to get them until Sunday, the day of the race. And it's going to be important. Like if Blaney doesn't qualify in the top 10, throw the stage one bet away. Truex doesn't qualify. I think with Truex, as good as his race cars have been at a variety of different racetracks, he could qualify top 15 and have a shot at stage one. And if that happens, if he qualifies outside the top 10, but in the top 15, you're going to get Truex at a good number, like a 12 to one potentially. And I would bet it because he's a guy that's been able to qualify not so well and pass at a variety of different racetracks in 2023. So that has to be considered. And then Denny Hamlin, you know, if he gets the pole, qualifies front row, top three, hell, you're looking at four to one, five to one, absolutely worth it. Absolutely worth it. The pit crew has been better since their win at Kansas. They haven't fucked him as hard as they did in the earlier portion of the year. So I like that as well. And I think if you want another stage bet, William Byron. I know they weren't great here last year. They had problems. They, ha- I think they've lacked a little bit of speed, especially at Sonoma, which you know we that's an outlier compared to everything else we're talking about regarding Nashville, at least. Uh, I think on the mile and a half, last couple mile and a half, they haven't been as good as the Gibbs guys, but they've got the best pit crew in NASCAR right now. William Byron's pit crew is so fucking good, and they've been qualifying really well. So I think if William Byron qualifies in the top five, if we get a yellow, you know his pit crew is going to put him in a better spot than he came in. They're going to put him in a better spot leaving pit road than what he came in, than what he entered pit road. You know what the fuck I'm trying to say. I don't know why I can't say this right. They're going to gain him spots on pit road. They've done it all year. Got to consider William Byron for stage one bet because he has been a stage master in 2023. That is if he qualifies in a spot that that could be worthy of winning that first stage. But all in all, I think Toyota, you know, I've been high on Toyota all year. It's except for Sonoma, of course, but I think they're going to unload fast. I think they're going to be tough to beat. I think Hendrick Motorsports is a wait and see. Absolutely a wait and see kind of deal here. So if I give you three bets, Denny Hamlin plus 750. You can get Truex at plus 700, or, or you can get him at plus 750 on Barcelona Sportsbook. I think you should wait. Personally, I think we should wait on Truex. And then Ryan Blaney at plus 1,200, which you don't have to pull the trigger real fast on any of these because, I, you know, let's wait on DraftKings, wait on FanDuel. You might be able to get some of these guys at a slightly better price. Hell, BetMGM. BetMGM, I've been finding pretty solid discrepancies as well. So I think those are the three guys I'm eyeing heading into the Ally 400 this weekend. There's one underdog. One underdog I could pick here. Maybe two. Maybe two underdogs. Let's go Brad K and Ty Gibbs. 
Ty Gibbs is always opening at 60 to 1. We've got the Discord chatting about him all the time now. Like, when is it going to be? When is it going to be? When is it going to be his time? Getting better and better. Just got to get the finishes, you know, and that's that rookie deal, right? Just showing speed, but unable to get the finishes. I think the mile and a half program has been really strong for Ty Gibbs. I think if you want to go something on qualifying, something small, whenever we get those odds, think about Ty Gibbs for the poll. He's been knocking on the door when it comes to qualifying. I think you'll be able to get him to win the poll close to 60 to one. So that's another random bet I could throw out there. And Brad K. You know, I talked about Fords have found something on the intermediates, uh, particularly in the Coke 600. Brad Kay was great at Charlotte. He had issues. He had a loose wheel that derailed his day, and then he got in a wreck. Brad Kay had a fucking rocket ship. I don't think he had a better car than Blaney, but he was in the conversation. Brad Kay also has some valuable, I think some valuable track time experience here. From all those years of racing in the Nationwide or the Bush Series here when he was driving for Penske or uh, Junior Motorsports in that 25 car or the 88 car. So I think Brad Kay, I'm looking at 40 to 1 on Barstool. And I'm looking at, yeah, 35 to 1 on Caesars. I think you can, you can get better than that on DraftKings or FanDuel or BetMGM when they drop. But if I had to give two underdogs, I'm eyeing Brad Kay and Ty Gibbs certainly look at them for the poll too and, and here i am i talk about i'm not bet on qualifying anymore and i'm already i just i just convinced myself that i might want to bet on both of them to win the poll but it's okay if you use small unit allocations you know not don't don't make it a high risk deal for poll qualifying but i think those are two guys to consider uh on, on just regarding underdogs this weekend those are some early leans on that front and that's really all I got. Um, everybody continue to give Chase support. He's hurting like a motherfucker right now. The gallbladder is deceased, has come out. Time for another cigarette for Chase. Um, but but obviously, we ho- all jokes aside, I hope he gets better and, and ready for Chicago when we head out there. But I will be in Nashville this weekend. Super excited about it. I hope to see a lot of you guys out there. And be sure to tune into Dale Center. We have stacked week on youtube this week right i'm putting out a video a betting tips video more of a thorough breakdown than even what i gave here uh dale center i'm gonna do a friday dale center in nashville details to be released uh soon and then we got a garage talk that's probably gonna go out on thursday with a very special guest that we had to postpone uh but a very very popular guest in nascar so really excited about that otherwise go eat at hooters We love Hooters and can't wait to see the car back with Chase Elliott in it in Chicago two weeks from now. But that's in the future. Nashville is the present, and we're excited for that. Be sure to check out everything we got going on on Garage Guys. Garage Guys Racing on Twitter or Instagram, TikTok, Garage Guys FS on Twitter. Join the Discord. It is free. And then check out everything that me and Chase got going on at Garage Guy Chase on all social media platforms at Dale Tanhart all social media platforms and let's have a hell of a weekend as we get ready for Nashville super speedway. Hope to see a lot of you guys out there and hope to see a lot of you guys during Dale center and more heading into the weekend.